listeners. You're listening to Cats Radio. Today's guest we have in this morning is Matthew Brownstein. He is the CEO of NA Education Group, the Executive Director of Institute of Interpersonal Hypnotherapy, and the President at International Associations of Interpersonal Hypnotherapists. oneness where there was just certainty and goodness and I could sense the presence of whatever you know I don't really know you and your background so you know I'm always careful with my words when I know my audience um, but generally you know the presence of spirit or so all-pervading love was a reality for me and I needed to know how to tap back into that again for myself and others so that's when I changed my major to philosophy and then religion to try to get some answers uh, that led into the healing arts because I wanted to know how to remove blockages to that presence uh, and that led to a background in Chinese medicine and then more into hypnotherapy and neurolinguistic programming because I realized the mind is really the essence of the change that people, including myself, want to make so we could have more of that in our lives. So, no, I had no clue about any of that stuff when I was a child. So you would say that, I this is so, I, I hear you. You said your lure of becoming came into in your 20s, meaning you understood your soul. Uh, so what type of things were you doing that awakened these inner desires of your mind and your heart to stay so connected and whole with yourself? That's what I'm seeing with you. You were just awakening in your 20s and you're like, hell, I need to connect with people right now. I know who I am and now I'm ready to use it, is what I hear from you. Yeah, well, I didn't know the modalities. I was in college. I had taken very basic classes in religion, philosophy, and ethics, but that was just because of liberal arts. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had that awakening, January 13th, 1992, very, you know, I know very specifically, uh, I knew I had to start meditating, but I had no idea how. So in college, I started seeking out spiritual teachers outside of the university, but I did change my major to philosophy, thinking, all right, maybe the philosophers know. They didn't, so I changed my major to religion. They told me all about this reality, but they didn't tell me how to tap into it. That's when I started studying the mystical branches of religion. Uh, And then I started getting into specific practices. Uh, Zen was one of my first meditation practices, and then yogic practice, uh, Taoist studies. So mostly Eastern paths, but I did study Christian mysticism, Jewish mysticism, and uh, Sufism, Islamic mysticism because it was the practical techniques that I wanted to get into. So yeah, it started mostly with yoga and meditation and a lot of Tai Chi. Um, But not long after my university studies, I went to two different Chinese medical colleges and started going a lot into other Taoist practices in that way. Uh, What I teach on one of our websites called onlinemonastery.com, that's a meditation system that kind of came to me it's a kind of it's hard to explain its origins but i don't claim to have created it myself Uh, but it is something i actively teach and practice now so a lot of what's come to me has been just my own direct experience right i'll be in meditation something will happen it will be real for me but it didn't necessarily come from any external source so would you say that certain activities that you do hinder this spiritual connection spiritual connection for you or would you say that certain things 
build it stronger for you in your soul and that you're able to tap in there more hardcore like some people would say if you have fluorine toothpaste it'll block your pinnacle gland if you drink alcohol you won't see as vivid dreams would you think of this as a false heresy or not um, well you say like for me so like do these things block me or do they block people in general? yeah because a lot of people talk about I, it that they're getting blocked off by doing this do you believe that this is something that uh, facilitates that process or it's a false myth? I think it's safe to say there are things that are healthy to abstain from that are not beneficial for one's spiritual path. Uh, and you see that kind of across the board, for instance, like the basic um, principles that you might find in Buddhism or in any religion, really don't lie, don't steal, don't kill. So if you're out there raping and murdering people, it's probably safe to say it's not beneficial for your spirituality. And so there would be like a spectrum. Okay, like the, the killing and all that, that's pretty extreme. But there must be things in between, you know, the purest meditation practice and actually really harming others. Something in between is probably not, not as beneficial. So in yogic practice, there's called klish and aklish, that which leads towards suffering or away from suffering. And I would definitely say there are some things that lead towards suffering, right? And then most spiritual practitioners learn about things like spiritual lifestyle training, uh, different things. There's again, there's a Buddhist principle word I'm looking for here. Uh, it's not coming to me at the moment, but certain ways of living, rules, injunctions, even commandments in a sense, uh, that say, yeah, there's certain things that are healthy and beneficial. Um, so yeah, I'm all for abstaining from things that keep me from my spiritual path. And I would say I teach that to my students. What allures you so much about the Buddhist culture? How do you connect with it so much? I can tell you it's very, uh, it's a very fond place in your heart. Explain that a little more for our viewers. Sure. I'm not sure if what you... Uh, let me ask you real quick. Is this the official interview or are we going to be scheduling something for later? This this is one and then I want to do another one with you. <laughs> so this is serious. This is serious questions, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. Usually the first half hour with people is kind of like getting to know you and seeing if it's going to be a fit for an official podcast. We're actually yeah, see you are, so you are, funny. you're in it, yeah. babe. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm just trying to figure out the context of like, yeah, what, what we're doing now. Okay, great. So we're yeah, just, we're just going question. with the flow. You say you're in the spirit. Okay. That's much of what the spirit does. It goes with the flow. Sometimes uh, okay. against sure, it. So. Sometimes against it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I just want to understand the flow sometimes. Yeah. I understand your flow, and I can't so, Yeah, feeling out what's going on. Okay. Yeah. So Buddhist culture. Um, I'm not sure exactly by culture, but as far as like why does Buddhism speak to me personally? Right. I mean it in the the sense of religion, because a lot of people don't believe in Buddha, but they often connect some of his beliefs with Christianity as well as what I've seen, the correlation. I've did a survey and many people try to connect the two and I've saw that there's some similarities in either or beliefs. I'm probably seeing with you too, you were trying to pick them up and that philosophy, it's trying to come to me too, so yeah. Okay, yeah, well, that's a whole other theme about yeah, right. religions and what. But the simple question, like, why does Buddhism speak to me? Mm -hmm. uh, I love Buddha, and you know, it's not like you have to believe in Buddha, he was just a person. He was a person who wanted to relieve human suffering. I respect that, right? Anybody who says, I'm gonna dedicate my life to relieving human suffering has a really good intention. And then he essentially 
did a lot of spiritual practice, but he ended up just sitting under a tree. And there's a lot to be said for where's the value in just sitting? So like in the Bible, it says, be still and know that I'm God. Well, Buddha decided to be still 500 years before Christ even came around. Um, he also wasn't concerned about theistic principles. He said, whether there's God or not, I just want to relieve suffering. So Buddha didn't really create a religion intentionally. He just found a path to alleviate suffering. Again, to me, that's quite commendable. And it's duplicable. It's practical. You don't have to believe in anything to actually follow Buddha's teaching. So it does, from my experience, blend beautifully with Christianity. Because that has nothing to do with belief or faith. You can absolutely right. believe in Christ. I believe in a plan for salvation that comes through those teachings. And at the same time, practice mindful breathing. Like Buddha's first teaching was not just to the monks that he trained with. It was actually to the forest children who were giving him food. And he taught them how to eat a tangerine mindfully. And that doesn't contradict Christian theology at all. Mm -hmm. It's just, okay, here's this beautiful green. Can we be present with it when we eat the tangerine? Can we know we're eating it and it's real to us and we're real to it? Um, so yeah, there's no contradiction there. It's not not it's not a non-theistic or atheistic religion. It's just non-theistic. Uh, so like in Zen practice, we just get and there's one behind me. We just get on the cushion and we sit. And uh, all the virtues and benefit that you might be searching for in a theistic religion tend to come about just by getting on a meditation cushion and again be still and know that's exactly right matthew i'm so proud that you've brought that concept up because that's the connection i see with christianity and buddhism they both don't exactly people say a lot of times that christianity is a religion but it's not and neither is buddhism and that's how they both connect because in order to get to buddha or god for say is to have a personal relationship with them and they say that uh J jesus died for our sins and in order to get to jesus in order to get to god you have to get to jesus first because that's who god sent out but in buddha's case he kind of connected his ways too to saying oh it's not religion and that's the greatest thing about what i see with those two things is that they don't practice religion they're just saying you need to get to that main god and connect with them there's none of that bullshit and stigmatism stopping you from getting there yeah oh i think some people might disagree with you and they will feel and a lot of people feel disrespect to say oh it's not religion yeah and i respect people's religions but that's the connection i see in between those two is that you don't need that you don't need to have that religious because to me religion is a thing that kind of blinds people and puts them in that place that you have to go through their systematic orders and that they hide the rest from you but you see what they put forefront in front of you and then you don't see for yourself you don't filter through your system you don't filter through your background you don't filter through your beliefs and that's and a lot of people just struggle so bad with connecting with their gods like that yeah, I do find it unfortunate that when religion turns people off from God or from deeper spiritual truths, uh, it's it's a shame because, right, what did Christ want for you? Well, for you to be happy and for you to be peaceful and for you to learn forgiveness and for you to return to love. And what did Buddha want for you? To practice kindness and compassion and mindfulness. Like These are really good qualities. And if religion turns someone off to that, yeah, then that's unfortunate. Yeah, it does it to a lot of people. And there's always these stipulations 
and the Buddha dived in to kind of putting that and I can see the appeal a lot of Dominicans I've, I've talked with too believe in Buddha strongly and they say rub his belly for good luck and then I went to uh, Chinese restaurants that are like you know I tried to do that there they would they didn't like it very much when I did that they got they thought of it as disrespect so that is an interesting thing about some cultures like you try to do that to some statues the people there would literally come out from the restaurants and be like that's not right that's disrespectful and that kind of can surprise you as like an American coming into their culture and then they come to our place and they are free to do whatever they want and they don't have Americans telling them, oh, that's disrespectful. So that is why I think uh, religion's offensive because they come up to you and they don't have any freedom with it. They, they act like you're trying to offend them and it's not even from that place. It's just a naive person walking in and trying to show some love and they don't understand that. They cannot comprehend that. Mm, yeah. It's like sure they're that. so lost with your love and how you approach their their place and they look at it as offensively and it wasn't supposed to be that initially. That's the way I took sure. it. Yeah, well, it sounds like one Chinese restaurant. They didn't have a great experience. Yeah, it was Buddha restaurant. I went to a Buddha restaurant and this is how I was treated. Yeah, well, just so you know, that Buddha they're referring to with the big belly, that's actually not Buddha. It's not the historical Buddha. Right. Just so you know. well, whatever <laughs> so, it was, I mean, I think they better brush up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, sure, but yeah. Um, but yeah, the tradition around that being called Ho Tai, he's like kind of a, he's maybe a Buddha, but he's not the historical Buddha of Buddhism. Uh, so might just be a little misunderstanding going on somewhere in there. Right. I did definitely feel there was some misunderstanding. Yet they called him Buddha to me, so again, as American, I get a little confused. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, I think Americans tend to not know all that much about Buddhism, or really about Christianity for that matter, right? Don't I think they could know them. a good amount, especially me. I thoroughly studied both realms, and to be, and to be uh, approached that way was very confusing to me. Uh, being so thoroughly deeply studied in both areas in all areas of religion and freedom that was quite offensive to people like me and people that do believe in buddha mm. okay well, fair yeah enough. okay yeah yeah i hear it. it'd be good to be able to see you kind of feel you out a little bit more but uh, i hear that you're offended <laughs> by the situation oh no I'm, I'm sure many other people would be too not just me <laughs> I brought my family there, and, and that's the way they approached us, so wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Right. Well, not sure what would say I'm sure you're that, a little so. shocked about that, but it just doesn't happen to me. It happened to a lot of my other friends, too, so there's something wrong with that religion, in my opinion. Well, I think you're talking about a Chinese restaurant and... Chinese uh, uh, Buddhism, that's the way they treat you if you're American. Chinese Buddhists treat you that way. Yeah, they, okay. yeah. One specific, one specific occurrence with that. Uh, um, <laughs> and again, with, with Maybe you haven't had that experience, Matthew, but the people that I knew, my friends, uh, the people I refer to, that's what happened to them. And it was shocking to me because I was so open for that. And that's what happened at some of the restaurants. However, you know what? I leave it at, at, at a neutral ground. 
that's the way they feel about it. I understand now. Don't touch their their little things or whatever. So that's a different thing. Because I'm a very kind of aesthetic person. I like to fill out my statues. And you know, I don't really believe as as gods as as in statues. I believe that you don't see them. So yeah, that's what I believe. But however, I respect what they got going on. And if you approach it, just, I didn't feel a good energy. And I know you, see Matthew, you see you're all about energy. Well, you go fill out the energy and you let me know what you think. Okay, fair. As an American, um, right? Because you say you're American yourself, correct? I'm not big on labels, but I was born in America. There you go. And I'm not big on labels either, but you were, I was born in America. Uh, sure. Yeah. Again, I think you're, what I hear you talking about, for some reason, you're really stuck on this one topic. Uh, <laughs> and our interview could go anywhere, but you're really stuck on this one event, that one experience that happened to you in this restaurant. Not necessarily. Okay, I'm just saying, like, it's, there's something going on with that. They're not very welcoming to us. That are in that are in different places. They feel like they almost seem to be gatekeeping that. Okay. Well, again, uh, I'm not sure who they are. But what what is the um the main topic of your podcast? Because uh, is this anything and everything is the main topic of my podcast. Anything and everything. It's helpful for me, like to know. Yeah, to know my audience and to know what we're talking about. Because if I'm just going to start agreeing with you about they, I don't know who they are. Um, so, yeah, like, um, what's the message we're giving to your audience? What benefit is going to come out of We're us, giving the um, message uh, that the message to our audience is that religion is obsolete. It does not matter. You don't need that religion. You just need a belief. And you need yourself and, and you need to see what's best for yourself. And people would look at this like this is eclectic but eclectic type of you know point of view perspective but it's beyond that it's just seeing for yourself and diving for the truth for yourself regardless of how religion's trying to hold you back religion's not a good thing in my opinion and i and and, and i say that with all respect everyone can believe what they want but i think that this holds them back especially when i visit other places and how i see that they kind of almost disrespect you and with things and I feel like oh my god I'm gonna speak up for the rest of us and say that's not right because when you come here to America we're all open and we're all arms we have all types of people here geographically we're loving and accepting yet we enter China or something they're there to cut our hands off if you do something bad we go to Russia they quarter you you go to any other place they do something really horrific and no one ever talks about this this is what i see in a broad spectrum and i tell my, all my people and my listeners out here that don't stick to religion it's unsafe because when they see that you're out of that religion you're like a slave to them and you're out of it now they want to go kill you they're out for blood after that is what i see they like you controlled and mind fucked uh, yeah well yeah Definitely. Opinions about religion. Yet, honestly, uh, I get very overgeneralized opinions um, that like religion is bad and everybody there is doing all these horrible things. Uh, you know, most hospitals are inspired by religion. There's tremendous charitable organizations that come about through religion. People find their faith in higher power because of religion. So I hear you putting down something that for billions, literally billions of people, um, they find extremely valuable. I agree with you. You can put religion aside and have a direct connection with spirit. 
Uh, but I hear you very strong against something in a really overgeneralized way, honestly. Overgeneralized, I'm pretty direct. I just say that it's stigmatic and it holds people back from what they really want to be in life. And it's dangerous to them if they stick to that. Like, look at the LDS community, Latter-day Saints. They're kind of like a cult. They're like a cult, in my opinion. They come to your door, they force on this stuff, and they act like they're better than most of the people if they approach the door. That's another fucked up thing. They're not better, and they shouldn't come approach people like that. And if they should have a respect, if people don't want it, then don't force it on. Because I had other people coming to my door the other day. Uh, literally, allegedly, one of my family members signed up for that, and they came to my door and said, oh, we're not listening to you. We need to hear from the person that signed up. That was very disrespectful in doorstep. You'd go to someone else's doorsteps out in the south, they'll shoot your head right off. So there's another instance. Like that's just something that they, you cannot go on to people's stuff and telling them that this is the way, that you're the hardest power, yada, yada, yada. I get it, but it's a cult and I'm glad you understand that, but there's a different way to go about it. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I understand what you're saying. I also am feeling out we the right fit to do an interview. You seem really strongly, and you're entitled to, right, because you're your own person, but really strongly opinionated about these things. I just personally would be saying back to you, you know, if this was just a conversation, I don't know that you're acknowledging the goodness in these situations. I do acknowledge I acknowledge the goodness. You know what I acknowledge, Matthew, that they did come out of their way. They did show up and that, that they're really passionate. They got dressed up. They're, they do believe they have a mission. I acknowledge that. That's awesome. That's wonderful. What I don't appreciate about that is that don't kind of come up here all condescending, thinking that that this is you have it going on and the rest of the people are below it. I felt a pretentious energy and it's pretty it's pretty uh, conspicuous on their end and it's not and many people will come to me telling you I'm only saying it's according to the surveys I received from my voters and my viewers they said they felt like it was pretentious and so I'm I am just putting that out there that it's that yeah okay you guys that's great you got your little thing going and awesome and I respect that but oh my god if someone doesn't if someone's not here in my family member you want to come here to my door and put your foot at my door and say I demand your other family come here that's pretty disrespectful that's like pushing the line there and there's a there's a limit there if someone tells you okay that's go away then they should just be like okay I get it you guys feel great that's great but right now I said go and then there and then that should be done done with yeah I wish I could see your face, but I think I'm going to respectfully say I don't think we're going to do this interview. I don't think it's going to go harmonious. Uh, your opinions are very, very strong and you're entitled to them, uh, but I don't think it's going to make for a harmonious conversation with me. I'm really looking That's for That's fine, Matthew. You go on your way, hon. Later. All right. Thank you. I appreciate mm -hmm. you telling me. Yeah.